You're listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time. Episode 7, Biology and Music. You're all very welcome into The Study Hub this evening. And coming up, we are going to be covering biology. Yes, all of it. And we're joined by one of the wonders of the natural world, Mr. Terry Flanagan, to guide us through this epic course. And he'll be giving you tips, and tricks and strategies to help you navigate it all. So now we know that biology is the most popular Leaving Cert science subject by a long shot, it seems. But why? Well, maybe this little clip from Jurassic Park reminds us of the subject's enduring appeal. John, the kind of control you're attempting is... Uh it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but, uh, well, there it is. You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Indeed it does. Jeff Goldblum there, of course. And so start getting your questions into us now for biology. You can text us at 51551 or email us at studyhub at rt.ie. And if you can explain the rhythm, the tempo and the instrumentation involved in this next piece of music, you're either a fanatical Beatles fan or studying music for the Leaving Cert. The Beatles there, of course, with Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Just one of the fantastic pieces of music there from the Leaving Cert course. And later on, we will be taking a look at the music course with teacher Susan McCormick. So questions welcome there too. So while you're chewing on all that, let's turn to today's news in the world of the Leaving Cert. And it's a real roller coaster, as you know, at this point. So we do know that the government is actively considering their Leaving Cert decisions. We're waiting updates on those. But also here in the study hub, we were interested in the results issued today to the 2,155 students from last year's Leaving Cert class, the class of 2020. Now, they chose to sit the written exams in November. Interesting to note that 1,700 of those students had received calculated grades before sitting the paper. So how did they get on? Well, the results indicate that around 39% of those grades were higher, 28% the same, and 34% of grades were lower than their calculated grade. So improvement, good news for some, and no change or lower for others. So again, interesting to see how that data feeds into any decisions to be made about the class of 2021 system. But while we await more clarity around the Leaving Cert, here on the Study Hub, we plough on and continue supporting you at your desks, wherever they may be. And tonight, as promised, we are exploring biology. Oh, I think it's never been more important ever in the history of the world um, that people should understand the nature of the natural world uh, and understand how dependent we are on it and realise that, that if, it goes, if we injure it, we injure ourselves, that that we're dependent on the natural world for every particle of food we eat and, and for the air we breathe. Um, so understanding the natural world is, is of paramount importance, particularly since now it's under greater threat than it's ever been in the history uh, of mankind. Well, the world's favourite natural historian, David Attenborough, there just to get us in the mood for dipping into the Leaving Cert biology paper this evening. And joining us is biology teacher from Moyle Park College in Clondalkin in Dublin. And well-known, of course, reporter from Uno Goes Wild here on Radio 1. It's the one and only Terry Flanagan. And Terry, 
Good evening and welcome to the programme this evening. Uh, look, fair to say biology, of course, is a big subject where you have to learn not just the contents of the course, but you have to show your understanding of it, you know, through things like carrying out experiments. But if students haven't done any experiments since last March, what's your advice for them? As they usually do, what, 22 of them? I mean, how worried should they be? Terry, are you with us there? Can you hear us there? We're, yes. We're starting our cross-examination of you now in biology. So I was just saying, uh, usually students would have done maybe what? They're expected to do about 22 experiments. But students maybe haven't done many yep. of those. How worried should they be at this point about all that? Um, I wouldn't be too worried, to be honest, Evelyn, because there's no teacher in the country has done experiments. I haven't done an experiment since last March. By now, there's 22 experiments. By now, we should have about 17 or 18 of them done. I have about seven or eight done. So I would say to students not to worry about it yet. Uh, the department's going to have to do something about it. So concentrate on the other areas of the course and just ignore the experiments. OK, well, that's really good, sane advice, because I imagine at home that's one of the stressful things if you're, you know, you're looking at this course and it's a big course. So let's try and go through the exam sections. Let's start with those lovely short questions, which I know you like because you think there's lots of marks there to be grabbed. What are they worth? What can you expect? And maybe give us a little idea around the timings of the questions too, Terry. OK, well, this year could be different because not every teacher is going to get the course completed and the department realised that. But if we're going on previous years, and students should be familiar with this, there are three sections. Section A, which are the short questions. You answer four from five. And it's just a general idea of what's across the whole uh, course. Each question, is, sorry, you answer five questions from six, five from six, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're worth 20 marks each, that's 100 marks. Section B are the experiment questions, which we were talking about a moment ago, and you answer two from three there, and that's worth 60 marks. And section C are the long questions, and you answer four from six, with a total of 240 marks. So in total, the whole exam is worth 400 marks. Um, I would say for the short questions, you answer them on the answer booklet. So when you're answering them, you just spend as much, uh, write as much as you see the line is there. For In other words, don't be trying to put in extra material. They're asking you something short, something simple, like a definition. So don't be trying to write too much in there. For the long questions, <clears throat> the long questions, you answer four of them. The exam is three hours long. So what I would say is that you would spend 30 minutes on section A, 30 minutes on section B and 30 minutes on each of the long questions. So that's a total of two hours. Now, students will have plenty of time in the exam. They don't have to worry. They will have plenty of time. They'll even have time at the end maybe to do an extra question. So I wouldn't be worrying about that. I would say in section A, just one thing to be aware of. There is a little kind of quirky thing where, and students will tell you they hear this, oh, a wrong answer cancels a right answer. And that only happens in section A. And it only happens if you answer more than the required number of questions. So let me give you an example, Evelyn. If you're asked to name two enzymes, and you put down two enzymes like amylase and maltase, and they're both correct. But if you decide to put in another answer thinking, you know, I, I put in another one to be sure, to be sure. And you put in something like insulin. Well, insulin is not an enzyme. It's a hormone. So okay. that third answer will cancel 
one of the two answers. So the moral of the story is they're not being hard on you. Moral of the story is if you're asked to name two enzymes, just name two. Don't give three or four. I know, but Terry, you know, it's hard to commit sometimes when you have that third little thing floating around your brain. You're thinking, do you know what, I'll give them everything because the message often from maths, for example, is you get points for work. You know, you get points for showing your demonstrating your yeah. methods. What you're saying in biology is you got to commit. you got to be precise. Exactly in section A. You know, there's, there's also a question, maybe a genetics question. Put down all the possible gamete types that may be present here. And a student is putting down 20 or 30 different types, thinking he's been smart getting everything down. But I would have to say the exam is very, very fair. So I wouldn't worry about the examiner who's correcting it is not there to screw the kid. He's not there to make it hard on the kid. He's there to try and help the kid. So I would say if you're asked, what they're really particular about is for students to follow instructions. So if the instruction is name two enzymes, just give two enzymes. If they say draw a, a labelled diagram, well, they want a diagram and they want labels on the diagram as well. So really just follow the instructions. And if you look at the instructions, they're often written in bold as well. Well, so it's jumping off the page to the student. Now, you brought up the word diagrams. I'm also going to throw definitions as a phrase two to you. What kind of advice can you give people about diagrams? I mean, you're going to say practice drawing them, aren't you? Well, yeah, but first of all, I don't think students realise how many marks go for diagrams. A huge number of marks go for the diagrams. Not only are there marks for the diagram, but there are also marks for the labels on the diagram. So if you're asked to draw a diagram of, say, the digestive system, there's probably seven marks going for the diagram, and there'll probably be another four marks going for the labels. So out of the 60 marks in that long question, 11 of those marks are going for the diagram. So how do you practice diagrams? Well, the first thing you don't do is trace them. So take the book out, have a look at the book and then close the book and try and draw it. Uh, we're not interested in, as, as examiners, we're not interested in artwork. So if you're asked <laughs> to draw the digestive system, the corrector, what he's looking for are three or four points in the diagram. So maybe he's looking for a mouth and a stomach and an intestine. And if that examiner sees those three points in the diagram, then you'll get your seven marks. If you have only two of those points in, you'll get three marks. And then if you have missing two points, you get zero marks. So it's graded. It's not like an examiner picking, uh, oh, we'll give them one or two or three. It's, not, it's either seven or four or zero. So it, it, it is very, very fair. And draw when you're drawing the diagram, always put a heading for the diagram and always put in at least one label. So you have now drawn a labelled diagram. And in that case, if you put in more than four or five or six labels, the wrong mark, the wrong answer is not going to cancel the right one. So only be aware of that wrong cancelling right in the first in part first of the exam. Now, this short account, how long, yeah, should a, yeah, how long should a short account be, if you know what I mean? Well, how long is a piece of string, Evan? <laughs> I don't know. And I still don't know. And I've been sitting here for many nights and no one has been able to tell me yet. But I thought you might be able to. OK, I can tell you, yeah. Um, what I would say to you, you're asked maybe in the long questions, write, write a short account on something. I don't know what, evolution, pollution, something like that. What you do there is you look at the question. <clears throat> the long questions are worth 60 marks each. You have to spend or you should be spending 30 minutes on a long question. If that is part, say, B of the question, it'll show you in the margin how many marks are going for that part of the question. 
and it'll probably be 24. Four marks for the that says write a short account on, well then you should be spending 12 minutes or so on that part of the question. Don't be thinking, am I writing a page or a paragraph or two pages? Think of it in minutes. So if there are 24 marks going for that part of the question, then you should spend about 12 minutes. And that is that timing, you know, that stuff you can work out beforehand. So when you go into the exam hall, you know, you're so clear in your clock. But just quickly, Terry, we're going to let you go now, but you're not going to go far because you are going to stay on at this and come back to us in a few minutes. But before I let you go, and actually if people want yeah. to get texts in, they can at 51551. What, uh, very quickly, are the most important topics in your view to study for the exam? Can you give us any guide of what you think might be the most useful for a student to consider at this point? Okay, I'll give you six areas. And of those six areas, every year between three and a half and four and a half of the long questions are in there and you only have to answer four. So in no particular order, ecology, really important. Plus there's four or five experiments, ecology experiments as well. Human reproduction, certainly very important. Genetics and evolution, there's a third one. Anything to do with food, feeding, digestion, etc. a fourth one. Photosynthesis and respiration, a fifth one, and microbiology, a sixth one. So if you concentrate on those six topics, you'll do really, really well in the exam. Now, we are going to leave you on a cliffhanger, right? Don't give me the answer to this, but this is a way of Mm -hmm. making people, encouraging them to stay tuned in to us. Will there be anything on the exam about COVID? Say nothing yet. Bear with us. Tune in later on to see what Terry's answer is to that. Terry, we're going to come back to you in a few minutes. Uh, Thank you so much for that so far. Thank you to Terry from Moyle Park College there in Dublin. And he's going to come back to us in a couple of minutes with a quick reaction to some questions and to discuss the COVID question. So if you want to get stuff in for him, text us now on 51551. But now for a teeny tiny drop of glamour. I like the music tonight, I have to say. Well, on Thursday night, secondary school students and fashion fans from all over the country and all over the world really can be tuning in to watch the virtual junk couture show, uh, both on television, but on the player as well. And it's a fashion design competition which challenges students to create high-end couture from everyday junk. And one person who is the most positive ambassador for the event and how it can shape your life is Maxime O'Sullivan, who was the winner in 2019. And I'm delighted to say he's on the line now. Maxime, good evening to you. Good evening to you. Hope everyone's doing well. Well, listen, you're about to cheer us all up because, you know, you've made the dream come true. You won your junk couture competition, something you'd want to do for a long time. You're now studying fashion at NCAD. So you might bring us back and tell us about your connection with this event because it really means so much to you. I mean, of course. So I was in sixth class originally in primary school and I always had such an interest in fashion and art and design. And then one day I walked into my future secondary school. I think I was bringing my sister into ballet or something. And on the poster, on the walls, they had these pictures of John Couture for voting. There was these two girls from fourth year at the time that were going to be doing it. And I have this image of me looking at those posters almost a religious kind of an image (laughs) and I was looking up in wonder and amazement and I knew I immediately had to do it so um no but hang on a minute you went you got silver or whatever place the first year not enough for you you went back in fifth year tell me about the work you put into it in fifth year 
I do. So, yes, um, I when I didn't get through to the finals in 2018, the day after, actually the minute when we weren't gone through, um, I immediately decided I was going to juncture. It just wasn't even an option not to do it. So I decided to pick a really personal theme, my family cinema in Dingle, the Phoenix Cinema. And I brainstormed all of that and took all my materials from the cinema and all my inspirations and creative like inspirations for um, the outfit from the cinema and worked on it for a year and then participated in Junkature again. And I had a blast of a time doing Junkature between the voting and the dancing and the making and everything. And it's such a great community. And you won. And can I ask you, now that you're studying fashion in NCD, you're studying remotely from Dingle there, of course, quickly, how is all that going for you? It's going very well. Obviously, we are like some people like us have so much more luck that we had the two days a week in. I know many, many students don't have any on-class time at all. But obviously, with the level five restrictions, we are all remote. But it's going well enough. It's going very well. Honestly, everyone's so kind. The teachers are really understanding and everyone's really putting together to make this difficult time so much better for everyone. And everyone's so grateful for that. Listen, Maxime, congratulations again. And thank you so much for joining us this evening. Best of luck with your studies and your designs. Can't wait to see your name up there on the catwalk. Uh, thank you, Maxime. And if you're interested at home, you can watch the final on Thursday at seven o'clock on RT2 uh, or worldwide on The Player. And the best of luck to all designers, of course, on Thursday night. Now we've had Bowie, we've had the Beatles and now it's the turn of Berlioz. We're certainly covering the full range of music appreciation tonight. Well, if that doesn't get the heart racing, I don't know what will. Susan McCormick is a music teacher at the Institute of Education on Leeson Street in Dublin and joins me now to guide us through this most fascinating and compelling subject. Susan, this exam comprises of written and performance elements. So can you start to break it down to us a little bit about the different elements involved here? Sure. Good evening, Evelyn. So there are three elements on the Leaving Cert music course, listening, composing and performing. And all students must engage in all three elements. They will also be assessed in each of those three elements. Higher level students will then choose to specialise, so to speak, in one of these three areas. And the large majority of students tend to choose performing. And that means that they will do their elective in in performing, which means that that element of the course will be worth 50% of the overall grade. So a huge percentage there. And then listening and composing will be worth 25% each. And that will mean that they will do a practical exam. um, And that will take place around Easter of each year, the same weeks as the language orals. Now, the elephant in the room, and you've mentioned it there, is that usually students Mm. would be preparing their practical performance bit to play for an examiner. But this year, again, all up in the air. So what is your advice to students who are practising hard but don't have a clear timetable for that all-important practical performance? Yeah, it's so tricky. I wish we, I wish I could come on and tell you I know exactly when they're going to be and if they're going to go ahead. Um, just to say that my latest correspondence with the chief examiner was that they are planning to go ahead as normal. Um, so my advice is just keep the head down, keep practicing, um, try and do little and often. You know, there's no need to be sitting at your instrument for hours upon hours. Try and have really focused practice sessions. Set yourself a goal at the beginning of the session and to try and achieve that goal. Try not to always start at the beginning 
beginnings of pieces um, because often we lose focus and energy by the time we get to the end. Um, go to the bars that might be causing you a, a bit of hassle or you might be fluffing over and dissect them. So really make your practice effective, as effective as possible. And also I should say, you know, a lot of my students over the past couple of weeks have been saying to me that their time at their instrument or singing has, is a lovely kind of downtime for them. It's time for them to, I suppose, forget about the stresses and strains that are surrounding us at the moment and they're kind of letting themselves get lost in the music. And okay. so I would say to students, try to remember why you have chosen music and uh, to enjoy your practice. Now, uh, well, if they're playing anything like Berlioz, that'll help cheer them up a little bit. But moving on then to the written paper as such, there are two sections to this. The first part mm. is the listening. It's almost like we were saying about the um, aural for French or Irish the other night. You've no choice over this. A CD is placed and you work your way through that over an hour and a half. Exactly. So there are six questions on the paper. You go in, you've got five minutes at the beginning to read through the questions. Utilise that time. Read through the questions. Underline important parts of each question because you don't want to be trying to read the questions as you're listening to the music. Um, And then, as you say, the CD will start and you basically go along with the CD. There is an Irish music essay in there where you'll be given 10 minutes to write your essay and then the CD will kick back in for the final question. Now, then you say there's a break and your advice is treat it as a proper break. It's 15 minutes, get up, go to the loo, get your glass of water, you know, clear the head before you start getting to your next section. Definitely. You need to stretch those legs, get the energy up, refuel and come back in ready to go for the composing paper, which is another paper that has six questions. But this time you have no con- nobody controlling your timing. So there's nobody standing over your shoulder saying, OK, you've had enough time on this question, move on to the next. There are six questions, three melody and three harmony, harmony but you are only required to do two, one melody and one harmony. So it's very important that you keep an eye on the clock in that one. Now, we said you were coming on to discuss the music paper today and we did invite questions in um, and everybody's welcome to do this. In the case, Ava has given us a question. She's recorded her question and again, we'd encourage people to do that and emailed her question in to studyhub at rt.ie. So we're just going to play Ava's question and then hopefully Susan, you'll be able to give her some guidance on this. Hi, my name is Ava Ward and I go to school in St Mary's College in Nace, County Kildare. My question is for the music composing paper. I was just wondering what would be the best way to approach an upbeat 6-8 minor melody because I know lots of people in my class and myself can struggle with the upbeat melodies especially when they're in 6-8 and they're in a minor key. Okay, so this is a triple whammy, 6-8 in an upbeat minor key. And um, I suppose that's the the one that people don't want to see come up on the Leaving Cert exam, but it's very, very doable. My trick with upbeat melodies is colour coding. Now, you might not colour code on the day of the exam, but colour code in practice, it's really brilliant. So you colour code, you, you highlight the first phrase, and that is a phrase in and of itself. And then you lay out very carefully where each phrase, where each subsequent phrase is going to go. But I do want to make one one thing, make mention of one very, very important thing, which I think at this moment in time, not everybody knows about, and that is to do with layout changes. For the coming, for the upcoming uh, Leaving Search exam, there are changes to how the paper is going to look. It is not going to look the same as it has done for the last 20 years. Um, so the layout is changing, and this is because of a move towards online marking. And that will impact on how the paper looks, and will impact on how we prepare and 
shape and, and I suppose map out our melody in particular. So I've sent in, Evelyn, um, a video just of me talking through the layout change in relation to melody writing, how to approach the upbeat and talking a little bit about minor. And I was very rough and ready because I did it between classes <laughs> earlier. Right. But I, I might do a more concise one and send it on to you later. But it is there. And I think it's you know so important to say, I think this is the biggest point that I can make tonight, is to make sure that students are practicing in that new layout so that they're super comfortable with it by the time the exams come. Okay, well, thank you so much for that, Susan. Of course, we'll share that video. And then also you're keen to say that with their composing, people should just keep playing it on their instruments and keep doing their composing every week and getting that feedback Absolutely. from their teachers. Yeah, it's about practice makes perfect. Listen, thank you. You brought a little bit of joy to us this evening with that subject. Thank you so much, Susan McCormack there from the Institute of Education in Dublin. And we're just going to pop back to Terry Flanagan for a couple of minutes. Some questions coming in for you, Terry. Are you still with us, Terry? Still here, Evelyn. Now, Terry, let's get to that all-important COVID question. In terms of topicality and all that, should students start thinking about preparing anything around COVID for the biology paper, do you think? Yes, I think so. There was nothing on it last year and they do like to put topical issues on it. So really, it could come up as a, a kind of a prose question whereby you're given a piece to read and you're to answer questions on it. Remember, vaccines, viruses, antibodies, they're all on the course. So I would say to students to read topical things like the newspaper. Professor Luke O'Neill is constantly in the papers and he has written a book or two there recently. So <laughs> read up on, on items like this and get an idea of it. Remember, the question will be something like you're asked to read a piece. You won't have seen it before. No student of the country will have seen it before, but all of the answers to the questions will either be in the piece or you will have done it in class. So I would say there's a very strong chance there could be something COVID-like on the paper this year. Now, I'm not surprised by these questions coming in, asking you maybe to repeat the six areas that you recommended in particular there before you headed off there a few minutes ago. Uh, just people are going to grab their pen, I'd say, for this. Okay, right. Well, I'll go a little slower then, maybe. <laughs> and in not any particular order, ecology is one that I say is very, very important. Uh, a second one, genetics and evolution. And more than likely, there will be a cross. And if you know your genetics, you can get full marks in that question, and you'll also get it done fairly quickly. Uh, human reproduction is one that comes up quite often. The whole area of food, feeding, digestion, enzymes. And question one, the very first question, is always a relatively easy question, and that's the area it deals with. And the last two, photosynthesis and respiration, they often come up as a single question, maybe half the question photosynthesis, half in respiration. And finally, microbiology. And as I said, microbiology, very topical this year with COVID. So they would be the, the six areas that I would put most emphasis on. In sort of very, very short answer, any areas that, I know you don't like this question, but are there any areas that students maybe could consider leaving out? <laughs> no, it, it's quite difficult. I mean, I haven't, I've mentioned very little botany, for instance, nothing, very little on, on plant life there. So that's not to say that it won't come up, but I would say rather than leaving things out, I would concentrate on these areas. However, if a student has a particular problem with one area in the course, let's say when I was in school, the problem was genetics. I just couldn't get to do those crosses. If you've got one particular area that you find really difficult, it could be respiration. 
I would say to you, yeah, leave that out. Now, you're going to cut down your choices on the questions, but you'll save yourself a lot of time and a lot of stress trying to study something that you're not really going to get a handle on and maybe it mightn't even come up. So if you're going to cut out one, just cut out one topic. As John Brennan said last week, if it's the one that's breaking your heart and causing you sleepless nights, it's not worth it. Listen, Terry, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this evening with that. And I'm sure that people really got so much out of that conversation with you there. Um, And that's our lot for this evening. But just to say a podcast of the show will be available shortly. So please feel free to download and tell all your friends and do go back over our previous episodes as there are bucket loads of resources there for you. And we'll say goodbye for now, but we are back on Thursday. We'll be having a really important conversation with our friends at Jigsaw about minding your mental health during this time and we will take a look at Matt's Paper 1 Ordinary Level so get your questions in on that or indeed if you have any other comments and feedback that you want to share with us just drop us a line at studyhub at rte.ie You were listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time at RT Radio 1 Tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30pm